When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to part two of our look at the defense today on our Browns FAQ series on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We looked at the front of the defense in the first part and now we're going to look at the back end of the defense. How good can the secondary be? Uh, We get into all of that on part two of our FAQ series uh, talking about the defense. Uh, Football Insider, just like I told you about on part one, just like I tell you about on every podcast, gives you a daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox, allows you to become a tech subscriber, and gets you access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, which is where you go to get info and get signed up. Just click on the blue banner at the top of the page there, and uh, we'd love to welcome you into the Football Insider family. All right, here we go. A look at part two of the defense here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Let's move to the back end of the defense now, and let's start with the linebacking board. This is another guy that we absolutely love to talk about, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, Ashley, you had mentioned that, that you know there's a world where fans maybe sit back and, and they discuss, they talk about, oh my gosh, I saw this defense, and one of the names you mentioned was Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. What, what does his second year look like? He is probably the most fascinating player uh, on this defense going into year two. I just think more of him and more of him, you know, I think from what we've heard people say, like Joe Woods and, and him say, and what we saw him do last year, like, I do think maybe they use him blitzing more. And I think that makes sense. And again, like I've talked about this before, like watching some of the games, rewatching some of the games from 2021, like you see the little impact he, he would make, like that wouldn't show up on a stat sheet, like, and and the way he would just disrupt plays and it wouldn't be there at the end of the game, but when you're rewatching it, you see it. And like, I think he's going to take that next step again, just because he was one of those guys on this defense who missed a lot of time for fluky reasons. And we know what that can do to rookies. And he still really performed and kind of met maybe exceeded the expectations I think they had for him. A big part of that is the way he looks at game prep. I think it's huge that he already has, you know, his his little system that he uses. We heard he fills up notebooks before each game. He gets up at like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. on before game days to watch film. Like he's doing all those things that I think it's it's kind of rare for younger players to do. And he just has this skill set where he he can do just about anything they need him to do on the field. He can drop back in coverage. He can rush the passer. He can do all of these things. Um, so I just think you're just going to see more of him because he's, he, I think, is going to be on a path to being uh, healthier this year in terms of not having those those fluky things like a weightlifting accident and the ankle injury and the throat contusion and getting COVID. All those things he dealt with last year um, we're just not seeing so far. So I, I just think overall um, – as much JOK as you can get is good for the Browns and good for him. Mary Kay, Kevin likes to talk about guys who are all about ball. And just when you hear Jeremiah Wusakoromoa talk, it just sounds like this guy is focused fully on football. Like as a player, just everything he does off the field, his diet, his mind, just everything is like focused on him becoming 
this like elite football player. Yes, he's so incredibly dedicated. And I really do think he's on a Pro Bowl trajectory. I really do. I think, um, you know, he he went through a, a terrible tragedy in the offseason. So hopefully he'll be able to, uh, you know, to to overcome that and to, to deal with all the things that he's having to deal with relating to uh, the loss of, of his brother tragically. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that he he should be okay. Uh, but that that's a lot for him to deal with. I mean, that that is a lot for him to deal with. Uh, but I expect that he should be able to, uh, you know, maybe dedicate the season to his brother or something like that and and go out there and play some really, really good football this year. He's an extremely spiritual young man. Uh, he's pensive. He's thoughtful. Uh, and he puts everything into into the game, as you mentioned. So and the thing this year is that Joe Woods is ready to give him more. Joe Woods likes veteran players. He likes guys that know where to be, when to be there, and how to do this NFL thing. And he's leery about throwing rookies out there before they're really ready. And he mentioned that all year long last year. But I think now he's ready to give JOK more. And, and I think JOK will, will rise to the occasion. So the question here. Uh, specifically was, will Jeremiah Uzu-Kormo become an elite linebacker? And this is this is the player the Browns have been searching for, I feel like, since they came back. I mean, every year, fans have said, like, this is what the Browns need on defense, this sideline-to-sideline disruptive linebacker. Um, and it, it's funny because, you know, going into that draft, everybody was saying, well, the Browns would never draft a linebacker. But I think with JOK and with other players they've drafted, it's just clear it's not that they wouldn't draft a linebacker. It's a, it's just got to be a certain type of linebacker. And he's mm-hmm. Mary Kay. He's what they envision at that position. And I, I do think this is the year where even with Anthony Walker, even with Jacob Phillips, who we're going to discuss here in a minute, it's going to be JOK. He's going to be the guy that's on the field the most of all these linebackers. Yeah. I mean, he's that hybrid. He's that hybrid guy that can do all those different things for you. And it seems like if, if the Browns hit on this the way they think they did, uh, they really truly believe that they got another first round player in the second round and that other teams kind of whiffed and blew it on him. And he could be the sort of linebacker prototype of the future in today's game where you have to do all of those things and you primarily have to be good versus the passing game. And so, uh, you know, he can, he's going to set the bar high, I think. And I think he will be an elite linebacker in this league. Yeah, this is like, Ashley, this is the Joe Flacco question. Is Joe Flacco elite? Are we going to be saying, is Jeremiah Wusukoromoa elite this year? I mean, you know, he's well on his way, I think, to to having that conversation around him. And it, it, it's, again, it's his versatility. And, you know, Mary Kay mentioned Joe Woods likes veteran guys. He also likes versatile guys. And JOK really, really fits that mold for them. Um, and I do, you know, I, I agree with Mary Kay completely that, he might be the prototype kind of of the of the future. And we might see more, you know, kind of JOK carbon copies across the league uh, if if he is as effective as we think he's going to be. Um, and I do think like teams are just after that kind of versatility now and the Browns think they've found their guy in that regard. And as long as he has some longevity to him, yeah, like why not? I, I just love everything he brings so far and everything he's brought as a rookie. Okay, so one of the stories of the offseason program was Jacob Phillips. Uh, 
playing a lot at Mike linebacker. He, of course, tore his biceps last year uh, and missed most of the season. He did manage to come back uh, at the end of the year, but didn't really make much of an impact because of, of those circumstances. Going into year three, it seems like that Mike linebacker position might be there for him to take if he's able to. So our question here, Mary Kay, will Jacob Phillips finally make an impact at linebacker this year? Yeah, I think so. And last year was all about the injury. So I think he was poised to do that last year. I think they were excited about uh, what they thought he was capable of and that got interrupted. And I think that um, I think he'll be able to go out and do that this year. At least they will give him every opportunity. Again, he was a third round pick, same as Jordan Elliott. You want your third round picks ultimately to become starters. That's the goal. First, second, third round. You want those guys to start for you. If not start, then be a very, very key piece of a rotation. So I think you'll see that from, from Jacob this year. And I, I think he's, he's earned it. He started to earn it last year, and he'll be able to live up to it this year. Actually, I mean, we talk about JOK as like that prototypical linebacker the Browns want or, or kind of what they view as, as the new prototypical linebacker. Jacob Phillips has some of those traits too. He's quick, he's athletic, he's versatile high production guy in college. We just haven't had a chance to see it yet at the NFL level. Exactly. And I mean, I've been saying like, since he is the draft pick, you know, at some point they're going to have to give him a chance. Like, especially if you're talking about like, oh, Jacob Phillips versus Anthony Walker. Like, I think Anthony Walker is a great piece on this team. And I think, you know, we've seen some stuff in in OTAs and things like that, that they they were out there together at, at certain points um, in certain packages. But I do think at some point you have to let Jacob Phillips play and kind of see what he has or if you want to go in another direction because again that's why you drafted him and the biceps injury last year definitely hindered him again just a guy who missed a ton of time as a younger player who that that time is valuable um so I do think we will he'll at least like Mary Kay said be given a chance to show what he can do this year and I think it's time for that quite honestly yeah Mary Kay it felt like there was an opportunity for him last year too he, he was working behind Anthony Walker when we got a chance to see him in the offseason program and in practice but it did seem like there was a chance last year for him to compete for that job because it's not like they paid Anthony Walker like five years 10 million dollars they, they've been going year to year with him so that that job is open it is and also uh, he worked a significant amount at weak side linebacker so he has been cross-trained and therefore that will give him the flexibility and the versatility to play in many of the sub defenses and he can be in combination with, uh, he can be on the field with Anthony Walker. They, at times, they can be the only two linebackers on the field, although I think that JOK, they'll try to have him out there as much as they possibly can. Uh, but So that means at times, maybe you'll have Jacob and, uh, and JOK out there. There, are other, there will be other times that you'll have JOK, Jacob, and Sione Takitaki. But the fact that he can play really all three positions, I think will bode well for his playing time this year. Yeah, and then Walker is versatile too. That's the other thing. It's not like, a, it's not necessarily an either or. It's, right. it's not Jacob Phillips or Anthony Walker. There's a little bit of that, but we saw it you know, a couple of times that there is that possibility that those two can be on the field together. All right, let's move back a level in the defense. Brown's defensive backs. Is this the best backfield in the league, Mary Kay? Hmm, that's a tall order. Um, 
that that's a tall order. I think they're one of the best and they have a goal of being the best. And I think they have an opportunity to be the best, but I'm going to say the same thing that I continue to say over and over and that I harp on all the time. In order to be considered the best defensive backfield in the NFL, you have to be getting takeaways. That is going to be key this season. They emphasize it in practice. It really hasn't translated to games. Uh, they need to be able uh, to get that ball out of there and give it back to the offense to be considered the best defensive backfield. I mean, you can't have uh, you know a player out there grabbing 10 interceptions and then go ahead and say that the Browns have the best defensive backfield, or, you know, you can't have, you know, teams combining for 20 interceptions. Um, you know, there are some really, really good defensive backfields in, in the NFL right now. And again, they have, they're loaded with talent and they're deep. Now they have to, it has to translate into really big plays, big impact plays. If they can do that, they can earn the title. Yeah, you know, this is sort of like other areas of this defense, Ashley. They're, they can be in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the crazy thing is you kind of look at this division. You know, Baltimore is going to have their guys back. That's a really good backfield. And, you know, you start to go to the Rams. They're really good. I, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of every defensive backfield and rank them. But this group is going to be in that discussion at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I was thinking right when this question came up about the now infamous PFF graphic where it was asking the best <laughs> cornerback duos and they had the Dolphins, the Packers, the Ravens, and the Eagles. And Greg Newsom, of course, retweeted it with the, I believe, the sleeping emoji referencing that they were sleeping perhaps on him and Denzel Ward, which which I do think is a fair criticism of some of these graphics, which we have talked about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the potential is there, right? But you're not ready to anoint them quite yet. Like kind of like how I'm not ready to anoint Miles as the the automatic defensive player of the year because a lot of things have to go right um the longevity aspect for for all of these guys is huge and whether they can kind of maintain production getting takeaways is huge considering they were not so great at that last year but I think what's exciting is that that possibility is there right like they're they're in the discussion at least and that's the first step um but at the end of the day this team as a whole you know we talk about it all the time they haven't done anything yet in terms of their big picture goals so all of that is still out there for them but now it's about kind of taking those next steps and being in the conversation is the first part of it i'm gonna throw a a wrinkle here in these questions um mary Kay, which group is better the pass rush so the edge rushers or the secondary Um, right right now i'm going to say the edge rushers because um i'm still in you know show me mode with the uh with the defensive backs in terms of like I said the thing that they that the number one thing that they need to do I mean you can't have uh a whole entire defensive backfield getting four interceptions in in a year or you know whatever three or four fumble recoveries it's just it's not enough I mean the the front two guys I mean you have to give Miles and Jadavian their just dues they made their big plays which were the sacks so they combined together for 25 sacks so they've done it They've proven it, although I think I've said many times they need to pick it up in, in that de- in the big play department as well. But for right now, they have the edge. Ashley, what about you? 
I've got you know, a receipt. I'm, I've got some receipts, I'm, Ashley. Like, would you let I me talk, Dan? I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say defensive backs because I have to be consistent with my take. I did take the corners first um, for a reason. And I think depth is a big part of that. Just looking at the edge guys, like Miles Garrett, of course, is really good. Jadavian Clowney, I'd like to see, you know, some continued success after his kind of resurgence here. After that, who knows what Chase Winovich is going to give you? Who knows what Alex Wright uh, is going to give you kind of as a defensive prospect type of guy. Um, but I'll give, I will give the slight edge to, to the DBs given my past takes. And I just think they are, they are so talented. I, I think the depth is there when you're especially combining those two. Um, they can certainly do more just like I think, you know, Miles and Jadavian can maybe do a little more. But I, I will say the secondary is, is very exciting to me. So I'll stick with them. And they, they better prove me right so I can do a victory <laughs> lap come like February. So, so what I'm referencing here is our position draft from a few weeks ago where Ashley took the cornerbacks number one but overall. And you're draft. leaving and somehow, something out. Somehow, I did still get the edge guys at yes, number five. <laughs> I'm, in real time, I realized this did not look good. But now it looks even worse that we somehow let yes. Ashley also get the edge rushers at five as we went quarterback, running back, interior O-line before we took the edge rushers. Mm-hmm. I, I think Mary a- Kay is still stewing <laughs> over this whole situation. Right. I had and something to say about that. Somehow, whenever we do these drafts, Mary Kay ends up like the pick behind me. And there's at least one <laughs> or two picks where I just snagged something from her that she thought she was going to get. And it's it's become a bit of a bit, I will say. Well, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of cornerbacks, uh, Greg Newsom getting some work in the slot during uh, during OTAs and minicamp. Uh, Denzel Ward worked a little bit in there. We saw some safeties work in there as well. But it was a lot of Greg Newsom uh, playing on the outside when it was two receivers sliding inside when it was three. As we saw really last year, this is what the Browns did when Troy Hill was hurt, too. So not a huge surprise. But uh, the question here, Ashley, is can Greg Newsom handle both outside and slot corner? I think so. I mean, we've kind of already see him do that. I'm trying to pull up his uh, PFFs, the snap counts from last season. Yeah, he all of he got 102 snaps in the slot last year, and all but two of those came in the final four games where they were letting him get work in there. And, you know, he graded out pretty well in those games still, um, especially against Baltimore week 12 he has 77.7 defensive grade get at pittsburgh 73.6 defensive grade 78.1 and 78.7 coverage grades in those games so i do think he's another guy you know we talked about versatility on this defense he seems okay with it i think he can do both i think he's obviously still a valuable piece on the outside that's where most of his snaps came last year um but yeah i just think he's he's kind of up to the challenge and why not utilize him in that way if you're just figuring out ways to get your most talented guys on the field um i think he can succeed in that slot role from what we've seen he's put on a little more weight to maybe handle a little bit more of that traffic not a ton of weight but some um and i think that's the biggest adjustment that he's talked about having to make is getting used to more traffic and things in there uh in the center of the field a little bit more but if he's up to the challenge, let's let's see what he can do there. So he didn't he say he put on three pounds? Yeah, <laughs> it was three pounds. Which, exactly. Which really I, I can I can do that on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, so I, I just had to laugh about that. These guys are so precise about their bodies and their body weight and their body fat and their analytics and their measurements. I- 
he probably lost that in like the stadium yeah. practice on Thursday or like <laughs> in the hall of fame walkthrough. Right. It was so yeah. hot those days. Yeah. It's like three pounds. I mean, I have a range of like, you know, <laughs> six pounds and it's like, okay, I'm cool if I'm somewhere in there, but three pounds. I just, that is, I just thought that was so funny because I'm like, you know what? That's lunch for me. You know, <laughs> I was going to say he's like Regina George and mean girls, but it's, I want to gain <laughs> three pounds instead of, I want to lose three pounds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think he can handle the slot. I think he's shown that he can. And uh, you know, he's a very smart player and he's, he's got the speed. He's got what it takes. He's got the agility and the athleticism to be able to do it. Um, I just think that we're going to see some different things in that regard. I've been saying it all along. I'll continue to say it. I think everybody has to know how to play in the slot this year. We've even heard JJ three uh, corroborated that and talked about how they're training some of the safeties to do it. So I think as uh, you know, as time goes on, you'll see, you know, you'll see some different things there. And, and some of it too might depend on, you know, if they're playing a team with some, a really good tight end or a big tight end, maybe that's where you throw Martin Emerson out there. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of the wild card in all of this too, what they, they ultimately decided to do with him in, in his rookie year. Cause he does, as we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, he really does look like a safety in a lot of ways. Speaking of Grant Delpit uh, entering his third season, but in a lot of ways, his second season, and really, Mary Kay, kind of his first, even though he was healthy last year and he was good to go week one, this is sort of the first year. I'm trying to figure out how many rookie years we can give Grant Elbit. This is sort of the first year where he's going to kind of hit the ground running. He's going to have a full off season. He's going to like week one, he'll be 100%. Like last year, they sort of slowly worked him in. So is this the year that Grant Elbit breaks out? Well, remember last year he pulled the, I think it was the groin injury for him. Yeah, that's what it was. Everyone either had a groin or a hamstring injury last year. And they, they actually did rip out the fields. I think they listened to me on that one (laughs) um, and put the new fields in there. But um, so everybody either had the groin or the hamstring and he was the groin injury guy. And just when he tried to come back from the groin injury and start practicing in a very pivotal sort of first season for him coming off the Achilles he aggravated it and was out again. And so they had to take their time with him. Uh, and whenever a player misses most of training camp, it's detrimental to their season most of the time. And I, I've seen it happen time and time again. It either takes a while to get back into things or you just never really get to where you want to be. So I think this year, if he can stay healthy, uh, then I, I think he will hit the ground running and you will see a lot more things from him this year, the other thing that they've done in, in addition to ripping out those fields and throwing in all new fields was they have a, you know, a regeneration room inside the facility now. And, uh, and I'm sure it includes all kinds of state of the art technology and different things that you can do to heal and to get back on the field more quickly. I would actually like to go into the <laughs> regen room. <laughs> no, not for myself, but <laughs> that too. But, um, but just to see, you know, I'm very curious what that all is going on in there, you know, um, but I think they should be healthier this year. I know they're working very hard on it. Delpit is one of those guys, Ashley, that I'm just, again, it's like everybody on the defense. I'm just excited to see what they look like this year, because this sort of like, this is the year sort of like Jacob Phillips too. Like this is the year where Delpit can really deliver on that promise. 
Yeah, and I think he's kind of he's poised to start opposite of JJ3 as of right now. I mean, obviously last week at minicamp, the one out in Berea, uh, we did see him intercept Deshaun Watson. So he has one of those those highlight plays along with JJ3, who we saw intercept Deshaun Watson twice. A great, great offseason for the safeties so far from what we've seen. Um, but yeah, I do just think like the injury part of it with these guys is so it's just huge. And like, it really can't be understated. And I think especially when you get younger players who have um, gone through maybe like a long-term injury, in some cases, it's like the first real injury adversity they've had to contend with. And then mentally you're dealing with all the, the questions and the setbacks that come with that. And maybe, you know, not feeling like you're as far along as you should be or overcompensating physically because you're trying to protect, you know, that whatever you had, uh, in terms of the injury. And I think once you get past that point, and once, you know, he's gotten games under his belt now, like you said, it's, it's kind of like he can hit the ground running maybe a little bit more, even though he did get a lot of action last year. It's it's just going to be, I think, different this year because he's not coming off of a big injury that he's, you know, having to deal with physically and mentally and having to worry about that aspect of things. Okay. So the regeneration area, by the way, as I, as I Google this, um, a cryo chamber, Ooh. A a photo biomodulation light bed. That's you know these are all things I do with my cat now, so none of this <laughs> uses red and near infrared light to decrease yeah. inflammation, reduce pain, improve energy, improve sleep, increase circulation, enhance soft tissue healing, enhance mood, and reduce stress. There's a hyperbaric chamber, an altitude chamber, and a deprivation float tank. Ooh, so there you go. That's there the, you go. The regener- Maybe Cleveland.com needs a regeneration. Yeah, area. I think we do. I was just in a infrared sauna about a week ago, and I didn't think I was going to, well, I didn't think I would like it, but I didn't think that I would be able to handle it. And I, my, for my first time in there, I stayed in for like 25 minutes. I was very surprised because I've tried hot yoga before and I did not like it. Have you guys tried hot yoga? I have, I have. It's not, it's not my thing. Uh-uh. Not your thing. Not my <laughs> uh-uh. thing either. Not my thing either. But so I thought I did not think I would like their infrared, but I really actually did like it. So I love hearing about all that kind of stuff. I, I love all those alternative modalities and all that cool stuff. So there's a, a depth. So the deprivation float tank implements sensory deprivation to enhance yeah. mental and physical relaxation recovery. There'll be a fuel bar. Wow. Um, well, yeah. anyone, if there's any Stranger Things watchers, like that's, there is a deprivation, a sensory deprivation tank in that show. There's a, a room devoted to phlebotomy. This is just, yeah. Come wow. On. We got to make some kind of proposal to cleveland.com that we need to put this in. <laughs> I love all that stuff. They've got room for it, I'm sure. All right. There we go. There is our uh, look at the Browns back end of the defense uh, here as we continue our FAQ series on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, Football insiders, uh, of course, you know, they uh, they have access to some of these stories that are behind the paywall. If you want to have access to these FAQ stories, you got to go to Cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page. So you get that newsletter, become a texter and have access to those stories. And of course, make sure you subscribe to our podcast where you listen to your podcast for Mary Kay and Ashley and Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.